Happy Wednesday, Technically Female Tribe. It's Jasmine again for our Technically Female podcast episode. It is August. Can you believe it? So August, we're going to start something a little bit different. It's hashtag Ally August. So this month on the podcast, we're going to have a couple of conversations with different allies that I've had throughout my STEM career and journey. And so what better way to start off hashtag Ally August than with my parents, the biggest allies I've had thus far in my STEM journey. So welcome to the podcast. Parents, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So I want to start off by talking through who are you and you both have two kids who have decided to pursue STEM fields. They have me. um, I pursued engineering as most of you know and I have a brother, Cameron, who um, pursued accounting, so mathematics. So Um, Tell us a little bit about your background and um, what you do and who you are. We'll start with you, Mom. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My background is currently I work um, at a financial institution and I balance general ledger accounts. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would be working um, with numbers, ironically, (laughs) because numbers was never something that I felt like I wanted to do, but here I am. Here you are, doing numbers. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. What about you, Dad? Um, For the last 28 years, I have spent in in the banking industry, in mortgage service, and operational risk. Uh, Things that I like to do is uh, troubleshoot, uh, risk consulting. Uh, I like crunching numbers. Um, So that's why um, I pursued a, a career in the banking industry. Yeah, so as you all hear, I'm the black sheep of the family. Everyone is in finance but me. I decided to take a different route, um, which is funny. So, But I will say I have a good insight into saving money in debt and numbers. So that's, I know I mentioned on the first episode, I love Algebra 1. So we have that uh, affinity across my family of uh, liking numbers. And so as... Both of you are STEM parents, two times over with myself and my brother. Were there signs that you noticed, um, and myself and Cameron growing up, that you think positively impacted our decision to pursue STEM fields? Were there things that you noticed, even at a young age, um, that kind of directed us to where we are? And if you did see things, how did you encourage us? Or do you feel like you encouraged us through um, our STEM journeys? Well, with Cameron, I can remember um, there being objects, Mm. for example, maybe, I don't know, say if it was grapes Mm -hmm. or rocks or just things, he would always sort of line them up and just want to count them to see how many there were Mm -hmm. of them there. And he would do that with everything he came across that was um, a number of items. He'd always want to know how many of them there were. Um, 
even if it took all day to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember that um, from him. And it seems like with you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you just had a infinity or a love for um, math. It yeah. just seems like it, it never slowed you down or never tricked you up or challenged you to the point where you felt like, I can't learn this. I never heard that from you. It was just, I'm going to jump on this and I'm going to hit it head on and mm -hmm. I'm going to figure this out. Well, you know what that was, right? Because I didn't get to play, well, I take that back. I did have Super Nintendo, but my computer games were math-focused games. I thought they were fun games That's that true. I could do cool things on, but in the background, it was Math Blasters, or it was a basketball game where I was doing math, and I didn't know it at the time that I was playing it so often, but I was learning at the same time. They tricked me, obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I thought I was just playing games. That's what we do as parents. <laughs> right. So it was one of those things where I, I, like I said, I thought I was playing a game, and really I was learning uh, at the same time. My eyes opened up <clears throat> at night when I used to help Jasmine and Cameron with their homework. Mm -hmm. And I noticed right away that they both were exceptional in math and both were exceptional in science. Mm -hmm. Not only were they exceptional, but they really enjoyed both science and math. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, I can I remember doing just homework after homework and like being excited to do my math homework. Didn't like my social studies. You could keep all that. But the math, I was like, oh, yes, great. I can crunch numbers. And I think it was the definitiveness of there is an answer, a single answer versus a paragraph or an essay um, was helpful. And so thinking about like encouraging us, I know for me, there were a lot of camps, a lot of things on the weekends that I didn't want to do because I was a kid and I rather watch TV or play with my friends. Um, but how did you encourage us through maybe opportunities we didn't really want to do in, in the STEM camps or um, summer activities? Well, one of our number one goals was to keep both of you involved hmm. uh, in church and mm -hmm. athletics mm -hmm. as well as academics. You know, uh, we, we did the research to find different science camps to, to, to get you involved in uh, because both of you seem to have an interest in the, the math and science. So to connect and network mm -hmm. outside the home in these different um, academic programs, I think were, was a, a big help. And, and pursuing your, your, your careers. Yeah, and that's interesting because you did your own research, right? And we talk about this a little bit on the podcast is the resources that are available in these areas aren't normally disclosed to my underrepresented minority families or there's just not awareness of it. Did you find that to be a struggle too? Well, not, not a big struggle, but a, a small struggle. Uh, once the decision uh, that you made in middle school mm -hmm. to pursue being an engineer. Uh, I did a lot of researching at some of the top engineer schools, which 
I knew NC State was one of the top engineer schools. And I used to just read the missions uh, just to see what they look for in a student. And as I would read that information, you know, when it was time for you, you and Cameron to, especially in high school, to select your schedule, I was sitting right next to you. So you sure won't be was. taking no basket week. <laughs> <laughs> shop sure was <laughs> it, it was going to be calculus and physics yeah mm. that's that's interesting backstory because i'm the daughter and i didn't even know that was going on but it was the intentionality behind you know making sure where your kids were setting their best foot forward and taking the courses that would get them to where they wanted to be and understanding that um there's a certain uh strategy i think to really setting um, your kids and students up for success in the, in the STEM field and it starts early so he mentioned my dad mentioned middle school like we're talking what 15 14 years old um, and, and having to start early to really uh, pivot to the trajectory of what you're trying to do um, and I think so often what happens is it's late in life where people figure out oh I'm interested in you know engineering but they may have only been in basic math courses which makes it a little bit harder and we made sure that whenever it was time to have that appointment with the school counselors, that we were available, mm -hmm. that we made ourselves available to be there with you and the counselors so that we were all on the same page. Mm -hmm. We all knew, well, the counselor knew what we were expecting of her or him, and they knew that the classes that like uh, Dad was saying, the classes that we prefer that you take, that that's what was going on that piece of paper, and mm -hmm. that's what we, you were going to be approved to take, as well as to find out from the counselor what other things were being offered for an individual that was um, interested in the field that you know you wanted to to um, go into, um, because it seemed that sometimes some students were more privy mm -hmm. to that information and others were not. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to make sure that we asked the right questions so that we so that we could get the information mm -hmm. um, to get you into some of those programs. Yeah, I think sitting at the table is a huge uh, call out that you just made of not letting others define what your kids are going to do, but versus being sometimes a little bit aggressive, but in, in an intentional and in a, in a positive way because there's so often where a guidance counselor may not see the potential uh, in that student, but the parents see all because the parents are with the, the kids 24-7. Um, and it's really important to advocate on behalf of your your kid, even if, you know, it may be a challenge. It's a good challenge, and getting challenges early, I think, helps fundamentally develop uh, the child long term mm -hmm. because the challenges definitely don't end in school. That's for sure. Um, and so you started to talk about it a little bit. Um, but what setbacks and, and obstacles did you witness um, Cameron and I endure during our STEM journey? Like, were there obstacles as STEM parents um, that you saw just in the curriculum or like even being STEM parents of a young uh, black girl and a young black man? Um, I know I took you both to many scholarship dinners and banquets and things just for you know, on things that I was interested in, like my dad said, being involved. Um, but I can guess, and maybe I don't know, there were some setbacks that you saw us go through, but also some obstacles you dealt with by being our parents. 
and maybe not. <laughs> I wouldn't say that we had any major setbacks or obstacles. Um, <clears throat> I think we were real blessed to be able to connect with people that gave us some guidance mm. for the both of you. Um, you know, with photonics, mm -hmm. you know, with uh, Miss Gilchrist. Mm -hmm. uh, I can even think about you going to a, a camp at Grambling mm -hmm. State, mm -hmm. and I think that was referred to by Mr. Lee. Mm. Uh, so um, if you want to talk about setback and obstacles, uh, yeah, we were worried because when you, you, you go to these parent conference meetings mm -hmm. and you look around, and it's only a few of minorities in that classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, the back of your mind is, I hope this teacher treat my child the same way they would treat the rest of the kids mm -hmm. in, in the classroom. Mm -hmm. uh, and fortunate, uh, you know, Cameron and Jasmine, you know, you guys did what you were supposed to do, and we didn't have that those those setbacks and obstacles. But mm -hmm. that was in the back of the mind that you know that because only a few minorities mm -hmm. in in the classroom that you may be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that, and I think you also raised two kids that are. I think I'm more outspoken than my brother. He's working on it. He's getting better, but also weren't going to let any teacher or professor tell us that we weren't good enough to be in the classroom and if there was an obstacle that I felt like we went through and we felt like maybe it was fake news provided we would come to you all to say is this true and should I be doing more um am I you know really not maybe the word's not good enough but uh qualified to be in these certain certain courses and I think for me as a student it was an obstacle for me to be in a class where no one looked like me um and adapting to people that didn't come from my background, didn't have the same race, and then didn't have the same gender. And so having to navigate through how do I make friends in these classes where I don't have anything really in common with them um, was tough. But it also was something for me that didn't deter me because at the end of the day, my goal was I want to learn this information. I want to be intelligent in math and science. And I want that to, it was almost like the end line of like what I wanted my career to be that pushed me even though it could be uncomfortable to be in some of these classes. <laughs> Made me think about I think you were in kindergarten I believe it was and your very first report card um, of course. Straight A's. <laughs> yes I mean you got good grades you got you know good marks and all but the teacher put on the comments um, she's talkative and very bossy and mm. I thought those are not bad traits. Unique. <laughs> I thought as a black female, that's not a bad trait at all. So um, that wasn't something that I would even consider punishing you for. I was glad that you felt comfortable enough in the classroom to be talkative and to, you know, interact with the uh, whatever was going on in the class. Um, um, unfortunately, she saw that as a negative, but you got through it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And I think, you know, really understanding as a parent where to lean in and where not to lean in and mm -hmm. where some feedback that you get is good feedback and like hey I need to re not reprimand but like provide some guidance to my child versus that's okay like if they're doing that like I'd rather them be doing that than other things that could be deterring them 
um, from what they're trying to do. And so why do you all believe that there are so few women and minority children in STEM fields? We talked about a little bit of what the classes look like and it can deter you as a, as a child from wanting to pursue STEM because there's not a lot of people that look like you. But, you know, that was, you know, middle school was what, 20 years ago for me, 15, 20 years ago to me, but still there's this, this gap there. Um, and there's still a disparity between women and minorities and STEM. And why do you both think that there's a gap that still exists? Mm. And it's okay to not have the answer because if we had the answer, we wouldn't have these problems. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is the fear factor. Mm. Uh, when you start talking uh, math, algebra, calculus, mm. Uh, physics. The words alone. Right. Uh, I, I, I think that's one of the issues is that the fear factor. I think another problem we have is that we start too late mm. with, with our kids uh, uh, preparing them for this field. Mm -hmm. uh, if you get to the sixth grade, uh, you need to start um, hitting the math and the science classes mm -hmm. if you want to be part of STEM. Uh, and it's tough because, it, like I said, it, it, th those type of courses uh, kind of put fear mm -hmm. in, in the students, uh, I would say, their mind. Uh, and it's not just, um, you know, at an early age. It's also uh, when you go to college, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and I talked back, back in 1978 when I was a, a freshman at NC State. Uh, it was really one of the first times that I even kind of knew exactly what engineers uh, feel was all about. Mm -hmm. I had several friends. I had uh, a cousin that was in uh, chemical engineer, mm -hmm. and I, had, I met a lot of friends that was in engineer uh, that were engineers their freshman year, but the minority that was in engineer their freshman year somehow changed their sophomore year. Mm. You know, and I think, again, it was the fear. Uh, they didn't want to put the time in, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that is another uh, example that put us far behind is that uh, it's hard mm -hmm. and you have to put the time in. You, you really have to, have to grasp from one year to the next year. Yeah, and then when you're with people that you started, to your point, I had a lot of people that I started in engineering with that didn't make it, and I was like one of few, but when you're like, oh, I want to finish this, we're taking classes together, but then you lose people, it's like, oh, well, maybe I should follow them and quit as well, um, and I think also to just the exposure early, um, even if it's tough at the sixth, the sixth grade mark, like, at least you're pushing them. I always say, like, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing, um, and so you always need to push yourself a little bit just to get exposure. And I, when you mentioned calculus, I thought about, um, I took it in high school and bombed it. It was the first C I think I ever got um, in a course ever in life. And it was hard for me because I was a straight A student. I got a couple Bs, but I was pretty much a straight A student. And I was like, maybe this math thing isn't for me, but I knew I wanted to pursue engineering, but I retook it over the summer in college and aced it. And so I think to your point, that fear tactic of, you know, if I had to let that setback or that C um, deter me from pursuing engineering, it could have changed my entire life. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. And then I think about the time that you were in a lab, I think it was, mm -hmm. and somebody, um, a male came in mm -hmm. and asked you, you know, what are you doing in here? Yeah. 
as if to say you're a black female you don't belong in here you know this is not even your quote-unquote area mm -hmm. um, if you'd have let something like that deter you from pursuing you know the path that you were going down um, who knows where yeah. you would have ended up and just to use something like that as fuel to to go ahead and um, stay on the track in the path that you had intended as opposed to making it be a pushback for you mm -hmm. that's a testament to you know how you were determined mm -hmm. to make that happen. Yeah, you definitely have to push yourself and be pushed uh, on the parental side as well. Well, I think another good point to to really think about is that you need to get your kids involved with other individuals that are in that field. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> maybe let them get out and job shadow, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because a lot of times, you know, just taking math and physics, you know, you are like, oh, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you get an opportunity to say, go to a Nortel or back then Nortel, or either go to <laughs> IBM or either go to Apple mm -hmm. and job shatter or, you know, with somebody and get a good idea of mm -hmm. what they do day in and day out, yeah. you know, it it, it, it it could increase, you know, the population. Yeah, that's uh, a good that's a good point. And that I, I think what I've heard on both sides, too, is that exposure, exposing your kids to as much as possible, even if it seems like something that's minimum, like minimal, like the Grambling State camp didn't seem like it was going to be this big thing for us, but it turned out to be just the foundation and the stepping and the building block to the rest of my summers of what I was going to do. Uh, in STEM. And so in your opinion, and we've talked about it a little bit, but what is the best advice you could give a parent in order to best support and lean into their child who likes STEM? I know, mom, you talked through a little bit about letting Cameron take his precious sweet time to count everything, even if we had to go. But what other advice that you haven't maybe mentioned do you, would you give to a parent who can see the potentially the potential in their kid um, and their interest in STEM? Just to nurture that um, in any way possible, whether it's through reading, um, through a, you know, a, a TV program, or whatever avenue that your child connects with. Use that um, to um, help them with mm -hmm. nurturing that passion that they have and make sure that it's their passion, mm -hmm. not yours. Um, don't force something on them that they're not interested in doing. Um, I, I think that that's hurtful. Um, so just like I said, just use whatever avenue you can to help support that um, passion or uh, drive that they have with uh, that particular uh, career path. Mm -hmm. I think you hit on, you were going to hit on it too, but like that patience factor of like being patient and letting them kind of maneuver through. I think sometimes it's harder. I know we've had those conversations where it's like, well, Jasmine, this is where we really think you would go at. I'm like, well, I kind of want to go this way. Like I know I graduated with two engineering degrees. So in, in the mind, it would be, she'd be an engineer. She'd be programming somewhere. I'm not doing any of those things, but what I'm doing, I'm passionate about. And my parents understood that 
that's even though I'm not doing the day-to-day of what my degree was I'm in like the the information I learned weaves into what I do today and I'm helping others get into that Mm -hmm. space yeah one one of the key things is is really support Mm -hmm. you know uh you you have to support your kid you have to be there for them uh you got to know what's going on Mm -hmm. you know that's the key you know uh if you don't know what's going on, you know, it's nothing that you can really do to help support your kid. But if you stay involved, uh, you should know what's going on in your kid's mm-hmm. uh, career and their life and, 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 and help them, you know, along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, to keep the communication lines open and, uh, and just continue to talk. Yeah. And if you don't know, find resources. A lot of schools have resources or, I mean, at this, I think when I was in school, like Google wasn't a big thing. There wasn't a lot of things you could search, but you can find literally anything on the internet at this point. But like resource, find people or find engineers or like my dad mentioned that you could job shadow or those that went through the same thing your kid's interested to get them connected with these people. I mean, LinkedIn's a great tool as well, um, just to provide them some perspective, I think would be useful. And so as I wrap up uh, this episode for today, it's been really awesome to get um, uh, some real and some raw thoughts around being a parent of a STEM kid. But every episode I end it with word to the wise. And so what word to the wise is, um, I ask my guests to provide a word, a statement, a poem, a quote, Anything that you could leave uh, that would empower the audience and the tribe um, through their STEM journey. Um, I think you both have given some powerful words, but is there any word or anything in particular you want to leave the tribe with? Well, mine I've already touched on a little bit, and it's for you to passionately pursue your passion. Hmm. So even if you felt like this was a career path that if you could do this, not not get paid for, you would still pursue it because you're just that passionate about it, then that's where you belong. Um, that's where your love is. And that's why you were put here. Mm-hmm. So just pursue whatever it is that you feel the most passionate about and do it. Don't let anybody tell you you shouldn't do that because X, Y, Z. It doesn't pay enough. It's um, it's not the field that you should be in. You're female, and that's not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do what you feel most passionate about, and you'll love it. Yeah, because the passion will fuel the money eventually. Right. Exactly. What you got, Dad? <clears throat> I say <clears throat> every day, challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... It's okay to fail, you know. I say connect and network mm-hmm. with, as, with as many people as you can. And I'll leave it with this. If you're never scared or embarrassed or hurt, it means you never take any chances. Hmm. Take a chance. That's good. Woo, that's good. I always say every time I do these episodes, I'm helping others, but it's helping me as I do it too, so it's fun. Um, But thank you both so much for um, being on the episode today, kicking off our hashtag Ally August. You all are in for a treat this month. Um, I have several guests that will be talking through allyship and even what it's like for a men to be an ally uh, for women in STEM. So I'm super excited to kick it off. Thanks for joining in, and as always, continue to share the STEMinism.